Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk to the new voice of Friday Night SmackDown. That's right. The great. Pat McAfee. Also, we get Bully's take on all the WWE releases from this past Thursday. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Ah, the Busted Open Podcast. Uh, back here on Busted Open, Dave LaGreca, Bully Ray. And Bully, let's bring in host of the Pat McAfee Show, which you can hear right on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Though there is rumors that that might be named McAfee Radio in the upcoming weeks. And of course, of course, our good friend Pat McAfee, the voice of SmackDown on Friday nights. What's going on, Pat? Team, thank you so much for having me. Please don't stir that shit with Mad Dog Sports Radio. I do not need that in my life. I'm honored to be on channel 82 i hope you guys are doing fantastic uh i try to listen as much as possible i appreciate the hell out of you guys for having me pat i mean right off the bat what is it what was it like for you tell us about when you got the call how did this all come about and feelings going through your head after your first smackdown okay bully by the way you know i assume you know this a lot more than most the original phone call, there was no thought that I was going to be doing commentating for SmackDown. Right? It, you, we kind of all, I think, if we, I know very little compared to a lot of people that have been around the business, but I think anybody who's ever been in the business does know a couple of things that there's a chance when you get a call, it's like, hey, you're thinking about maybe wanting to do something a little bit bigger, a little bit more? Absolutely. You know, I absolutely love what was going on. They're like, okay, let's figure out how we can make the schedule work. Then they brought up, hey, would you mind maybe, maybe doing some commentating. Do you care if that? I'm like, I'm in. I didn't know what it was going to be. I thought maybe, maybe NXT, maybe something else. And then as the conversations continued, uh, they're like, how about commentating for uh, SmackDown? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I have no idea why. I have no idea why you would be putting me on Fox every Friday, but I would absolutely love to do it. Michael Cole, uh, you know, getting a chance to work with him makes my life a lot easier. So it's just like dream situation after dream situation that I did not know was going to be what it was until very quickly before it kind of all got announced. It all, kind of all happened relatively quickly. And I think 
the big thing for me doing it is, you know, you're not a wrestler when you're a commentator, you know, bully and, and Dave, like as a fan, you're the commentator has a job, right? Commentator is a very, very important piece of wrestling. And I think once you actually wrestle, you realize like the ref, very important in this whole thing, but in the whole scheme of entertainment, like the commentators are very, very important. So I know it's a big role. I know it's a very important role. I'm trying to get as good as possible as I can at that role. I want to be great at it. Uh, not because, you know, they gave me a shot, gave me an opportunity, but it's good for fuck for wrestling. If I get better at my job. And now that uh, I'm kind of done with night one, Vince was not there. So I guess everything could be differently here in the next week or so. Uh, but I, it was, I got to work, I got to work on a lot, but I enjoyed it. And I'm excited to see whenever VKM shows up, what it's going to be like as well. I got to tell you with, with that bombshell that you just dropped, that Vince was not there. I think we now have to pretend that night one never even happened. <laughs> Because <laughs> shit can change real quick when he is there. <laughs> uh, that's what I... Hey, by the way, I read the internet, right? My Twitter was down Friday. So good rib by Jack. You know what I mean? Good rib by Jack. He crashes Twitter five minutes into my debut. Like, that's how I live. Like, I need to get a good test of the temperature of what's going on. I go right to Twitter. Jack's like, nah, you know, biggest night of your life. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take that away from you. But then on Saturday, I got a chance to read a lot of articles and comments and everybody that was being very nice to me. I appreciate it. To everybody that hates my guts, I also appreciate it. It's, it's been happening my whole life. All good. But I heard a lot of people go like, oh, Vince is going to ruin them. Vince is going to ruin them. Vince is going to ruin them. And then I saw a bunch of articles where they were like, they're going to try not to overproduce Pat McAfee. They're not going to blah, blah, blah. It, it's like uh it's very fascinating to read everybody else's thoughts on what's going to happen. And to be honest, I have no clue what's going to happen. So I'm just going to go out, do my thing. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of the opportunity. But let me, let me just follow it up real quick, um, Pat, with the being produced or being overly produced. Um, it comes with the territory in the WWE of having somebody in your ear. And that somebody could be Vince McMahon. It could be Kevin Dunn. And you don't seem like a person or a personality who maybe does well with being overly produced. So how much of this is going to be you? Where is the happy medium between the WWE being able to produce you and Pat McAfee being true to himself as an entertainer. Bully, I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm very thankful I'm getting a chance to actually speak about that because I think this is something um, that might be a little bit misunderstood about me. So I have a pretty good history of being very okay with looking somebody in their face if I don't appreciate how I've been treated and telling them to go fuck themselves. Like I'm, I have a very good history of like, I don't like how this whole thing panned out. Uh, this is not something I, I, I won't hate you forever, but right now we're not going to do business like this. is. I have a, a pretty good history with that. So a lot of people think that I'm potentially, you know, if somebody tells me something I don't want to hear or whatever, it's like I had a chance to be coached by a guy named Rich Rodriguez whenever I was in college. He's a Bear Bryant-like coach. I would assume very similar to what the Heart Dungeon was like. This is what Rich Rodriguez was like as a coach. And as a kicker and as a punter, you're put into a spotlight where you can either do very well or do very terribly. Whenever you're in that type of position, you are held accountable because you are the one that's controlling the outcome. So I, I have an issue 
with people talking to me and telling me things and being ah, disrespectful in the way they speak to me, if I don't have a respect for them, like if I, if I would not be asking you for advice, you should not be talking to me the way you're talking to me. So whenever this whole thing came about, like for instance, Bully Ray, if you ever sent me a message and was like, Hey, you should think about this. You should think about this. This is some, like, I would take that to heart. I'd be like, thank you for that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that, sir. Uh, and I think you know who I'm talking about there. There's another person, by the way, that I like if they're so I, it's one of those things with me where I think a lot of people have this misperception of me that I don't do well with coaching or whatever. I actually love coaching because I like want to be I want to be great. I want to be as good as I possibly can. I want to make the product as good as possible. But it just it depends on who it is. And I had to have that thought, like, because I've heard the horror stories, obviously. And I was like, Vince McMahon, self-made billionaire, a guy that revolutionized the world. If he wants to talk to me and tell me how to be better, I'm okay with listening to that. But I do believe he gets and understands me, too. So I think that's a big part of this whole thing. It's a, that's actually a good point. And, and Pat, you know how much I respect you. I love your show, the Pat McAfee Show. I'm always listening to it on Mad Dog Sports Radio. I watch the videos on YouTube as well. So you've been there, done that. You've punted in big games. You know, you've come back from adversity. For God's sakes, you thought you were going to get drafted by the Cowboys. Joe DiCamillis, you know. You know, you know, and, and, you know, you go into draft day thinking you're going to get drafted by the Cowboys, and it goes in a different direction. So you're used to transitioning. What was it like for you, you know, the two minutes before going live on Friday. What were, what was that time like for you just before going live? Dave, I'm a big like a um, and great question, by the way, and I appreciate you. Um, I'm a big like, let's enjoy the moment. Like I, I really like I'm a big I cannot believe this is happening. Enjoy the moment. I was looking around at the Thunderdome, you know, because I'd seen it on TV. I'd never seen it in real life. I think the two minutes before we go live, they actually showed like who the crowd was, you know, because before it was just the thing. So here comes, I think I just looked around at it, you know, had a couple of those moments where it's like, I've been watching this from home. Now, granted, they were in a different stadium for the last 10 months at this point. What a, what a ridiculous life that I'm in here right now. And it's just kind of like, I'm just like a very calm, I'm a very calm. Let's enjoy this. It's going to happen. Might as well make it good type person. That's kind of how I always am. I think I told you guys this. Before the War Games match, I was, like, before we're going out to get announced or whatever, I'm just, like, kind of calm, chilling, like, this is going to be really cool. And there was a lot of intensity, okay? There was a lot of tense people, you know, pacing. You could kind of cut it with a knife almost. The, the, the emotions were almost palpable with how serious it was. And I'm just, like, chilling, like, hey, let's go have a good time. Then as soon as that match ended and I walked back on the other side, I was like, I probably should have been a little bit more nervous for what, what the hell was about to happen out there. You know, there was like two surgeries that had to come from that thing. There was, uh, I, I broke a, a, a toe. There was other people that got hurt. The, it was just like, I should, I was too stupid and ignorant almost at that point. But for SmackDown, it was just like, let's enjoy this. Let's have a good time. I thought I was going to be the shits potentially because it's not really like in my bag. So my expectations weren't that high for success or not. I just wanted to like kind of get one under my belt and see, where I can get better and where I can go from. So let's enjoy it. How was the reception from the SmackDown locker room towards you? You know, because of, I don't want to say it's because of COVID, but it's also because the day, the way the day is, because I'm doing my show and then going over there like four o'clock. So all the production meetings, I'm coming in there right after those. And 
Cole and I are kind of going through everything. So I didn't really see everybody before the, before the thing started, but everybody was real cool. Everybody was very nice. I mean, you know, boy, I think there's some things that people potentially want me to put over too. So I think I'm going to be, I think I'm potentially going to be a, a light a little bit early, but then that could all change. Uh, all I got to do is say something stupid, but it felt like everybody was very receptive. You know, you talk about receptions, and, and I was talking about it before you joined us, Pat. Like Jim Cornette, who's a longtime, you know, personality in pro wrestling, doesn't really like a lot about pro wrestling now in 2021, with the exception of Pat McAfee. So he's been very, very vocal about like, God, this is this is terrible. This is awful. Not that you're a part of the commentary team, but you're so good in the ring. He said that you had one of the greatest debuts of all time. And this is a guy who's seen a thousand debuts. You're awesome on the microphone. He's somebody that wants to actually see you in the ring and compete other than being behind the microphone. Is that even something that's on your radar moving forward? It's very, very nice of Jim Cornette. And I know he's a historian because I got a chance, what, to peek inside of that house on Dark Side of the Ring when he was walking people through all of his, uh, you know, his merchandise. And mm-hmm. I think he had, oh, I forget the year it was. But, yeah, like, so I understand that there's a lot of people that are very, very passionate about this business. I like to think that I'm a person that has been very passionate about this business for a long time, but as a fan as opposed to a participant in it. So it's always nice to hear people that have been around the game a long time say nice things about you, and that obviously is something as somebody that's watched this is is very, very nice. I I also know that, you know, Rip Rogers has okayed me with some people. You know what I mean? I think Rip Rogers has – you know, got a chance to know me. He's got a chance to see me work. We've worked together. He's put me through hell. There's another, like, whenever people talk about, like, coaching and in am I okay with being produced? Rip Rogers beat my ass, like, a lot. You know what I mean? Like, he had me get my ass beat. So I think there's just different levels of what people know about me and the backstory and everything like that. I'm sure Cornette will hate me at some point. You know, I, I think that's just kind of, that's kind of how it goes. But I do appreciate the the nice things that people have said about me from within the wrestling business because I have so much respect for it in return. All right, Pat, but you, you know, didn't Pat, answer you... my question. You didn't answer my question. <laughs> What's that? that is, is getting, is getting back in the ring something that's on your radar? Oh, oh. I mean, I haven't retired yet, right? I mean, I have to win once. Don't I? I mean, at some point, I have no, to win. No, you never have to win. That's the beauty of it. Never win and keep getting over. People yes. hate it when you can fucking do that. Well, bully, it's like <laughs> I, my line after the first one was, I'd be undefeated if it wasn't for that rookie mistake, you know, me kicking the stairs. Then the next one. I'd be undefeated if it wasn't for, you know, some other guy getting pinned. It's like I'm still claiming to be an undefeated wrestler if it wasn't for a couple situations that happened. But, yeah, you're right, Bully. You know, it's the right thing will come. Hey, listen, Vince McMahon, businessman, he understands. You know, and the commentating angle is a very easy one to kind of dive into something, too, I think, you know. Well, here's the thing. If they love you at commentary and then want to get you in the ring, you're going to do jobs for life. But if they hate you at commentary and you get heat, they're going to put you over on everybody. So there's okay. a little helpful hit uh, as you're going along. All right. So um, uh, so turn up the heat a little bit, you're saying, on the mic. Turn- <laughs> uh, 
Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of you being on the mic, you said you were very open to coaching uh, in wrestling. As in football, you got to get real better real quick if you're going to do it on a week-to-week basis. Um, in wrestling, sometimes it's, it used to be night-to-night, now we're week-to-week. Looking back at your own performance from Friday night, what is the one thing you wish you could have done better? I was very scared that people would think that I was yelling the entire time. So I did not have as much bass in my voice as I should at certain times. I used the same verbiage a few times. I think my flow coming after Michael Cole's questions was a little bit rushed. I think there was, I, I, I think comfort with different situations too, that I, I could not have prepared for that. I did. Oh, I could have, I did not prepare for mentally. I did a lot of, you know, I, I dove through Peacock a bit. I went back and watched some, you know, Heenan and Gorilla. Uh, I, I watched some Jerry the King Lawler stuff. I went back and watched Corey Graves, who is incredible at what he does. So I, I've been trying to go back and watch and learn as much as I possibly can. I'm not a big note taker, but if I could see something and hear something normally, I can pick it up. But there was a couple of things I did not prepare properly for, and I think uh, my goal is, you know, to be 100% better each week. And then hopefully we'll be able to get to a point where it's not even a conversation piece anymore that I'm new. It's just like, hey, Cole and McAfee are a hell of a tag team on the microphone together. Uh, Pat, I know I know you, time is short and you got to get ready for your show because you got to hold that. No, no, no. Not when I'm talking to you. Guys. Not, All right. Listen, not when I'm got, talking to you. I, I don't you're the glue. The you're the glue, my friend. That's holding that whole channel together. I hope you know that. Uh, <laughs> Pat, uh, talk, talk about <laughs> – I'm just being honest, man. I can't lie on this. Um, yeah, Dave, Dave, you're going to get me – listen, they're like – the heat that I get from wrestling fans, obviously big, you know, the internet wrestling community, not my biggest fans, but boy, the bad dog sports radio fans, what they are going to say, if I don't stop you and say, stop with the disrespect for mad dog, uh, Chris Russo, will you pal? Dude, I, I love Chris mad dog Russo, but you know, I loved Walter Cronkite too, but there's a time, you know? So anyway, so, so bad. So talk about, uh, Michael Cole and the importance of, you know, doing the broadcast next to somebody like Michael Cole. Michael Cole is a guy who's been hated obviously by wrestling fans for a long, long time. But for me, he's other than the WrestleMania moment where, you know, wearing a box suit he was wearing. He told me that what I was wearing was not good enough, you know? So it was uh, quite a give and take between he and I before that WrestleMania moment a few years back in these shadows of New York City. Um, Michael Cole has been a guy that I've been able to, you know, text and talk to whenever I'm in the middle of whatever I got going on, even if it's in the, the football world. So, they Fox put me on a Green Bay Packer Detroit Lions week 17 game out of nowhere. I've never been to uh, Syracuse. I didn't go to Syracuse. I didn't go to Northwestern. I've never been to journalism school. The NFL actually has broadcast boot camp for ex players yep. where ex players are allowed to go to this broadcast boot camp. They get to meet executives and learn what to do and everything like that. I got rejected from that three times. I've never been to broadcast boot camp. They, the NFL did not allow me into broadcast boot camp. So. Wow. Fox gives me a call and they say, uh, Hey, you want to call this Packers Lions game or whatever this weekend? We got your name through blah, blah, blah. I was like, absolutely. Like, thank you so much for this opportunity. So now I had to ask like, what the hell am I supposed to do here? Like, I have no idea. I reached out to Michael Cole, Michael Cole 
the, uh, the night before that thing sent me a text, long text. And then basically at the end of it was like, you just got to be Pat McAfee though. Don't worry about a damn thing. And then just go do your thing. So he's been a guy that has been a confidant for me, not just in the wrestling business, but everywhere basically. So getting a chance to work alongside him, a man who's been there, done that with everything has helped out so many people and has told me numerous times, like, hey, my only job is to make you look good. So I'm going to set you up. Uh, if you get lost, I'll carry you through some things. Like, he is the best person that I could ever think on earth to be next to on there. And I'm very, very thankful for it. Now, I am going to try to stir shit with him every single week. And I'm excited to see how our little buddy cop movie continues to grow as well. I love it. I love it. Well, I got to tell you, Pat, before we let you go, uh, congratulations. And when you say stir him up, uh, I've always thought this. And in listening to you the other night, it came through again. So here's the biggest compliment I can pay you. I'm getting some Roddy Piper-esque vibes from you. And you're shaking your head right now, which is good. And you're smiling, which is good. You must be feeling it too. Other people might be saying it to you. And if that is the truth, I mean, the sky will be the limit for you. Is Piper somebody that you liked, appreciated? Do you watch him? Can you, you feel like you could learn from a guy like Roddy? Attitude, personality, grit. You know, it's just like a lot of things from old Rowdy Roddy Piper that I got a chance to watch as I was kind of going back. When I told you about the Heenan stuff and the King stuff, there was a lot of old Roddy that was in there as well. So that's a massive compliment. I appreciate you for that uh, immensely. And I do believe we're only going to get better. Now, granted, people are going to get sick of me at some point. That's kind of how my life goes. Like that's going to happen. <laughs> but hopefully we'll be able to have a good run here and uh, well, make SmackDown maybe the best TV show on earth, you know? Well, you know what, Pat? For somebody who's been married three times, this show has lasted longer than any of my other marriages. So when you talk about getting sick of, you know, that could be transitional from what you do in personal life to your broadcasting life. Because when it comes to the show, man, nobody's doing it better than you right now, my friend. Well, listen, this is just my first one, too. Hopefully it'll be my last, you know, both the show and personal life. But people do hate me uh, after a certain amount of time. It's nice to know I'm not alone in that world, Mr. LeGrecca. Three, three of them. That's unbelievable. You're going to have next to no money at this point. What's a half of a half of a half? That's got to be nothing. But this Zero. one now, my the lovely Violetta, who's my wife right now, is aces. Like the, she is the one that's holding me together. Because if it wasn't for her, I would be jelly at this point. Well, try not to run her off. You know what I mean? I'm not. She's no, a very man. nice lady. And also, too, Pat and Bully, I got this is something that we try to do here on Busted Open. When you listen to Pat show and you watch it on YouTube, the whole crew is a part of the show, like his producers, the board op, like he does a phenomenal job of making it like, you know, it's just a bunch of friends at the bar, like a family atmosphere. Pat, I give you all the credit in the world, what you're able to do on the air with the team that you have. Thank you. I'm very lucky to be surrounded by good people, just like you guys. And uh, I hope SmackDown doesn't suck on Friday. And if it does, I hope it's not my fault, which is probable. <laughs> Pat, we love you. Thank you for all you do. Kick ass. Of course, your show starts immediately after we sign off on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Pat, we love you, man. Much respect and thanks for the time. Love you too. Thank you guys. See ya. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And Bully, we got to go over names. I know we did it on Friday with Mark, but obviously want to get Bully's opinion on these releases that took place uh Almost, what, an hour after we got off the air this past Thursday. So I want to go over the releases. I, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, the A&E series that the WWE has. And the first episode was the Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary. Two hours, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal. I want to get into a little bit of that. I mean, it seems like like we just said about Bully. The world of pro wrestling, Pat McAfee debuting as the the uh, color commentator for SmackDown this past Friday. That news broke just before we hit the air Friday morning. We can critique his performance. And oh, yeah, by the way, Pat McAfee is going to join us this morning right here on Busted Open. So we got to get into that as well. It's just unbelievable. A week away from WrestleMania. And like I said, bully, all this stuff happening during the week after WrestleMania. And then you wonder why the memory of WrestleMania doesn't stick for a long period of time. Because, man, you talk about the last seven days being busy. Probably the busiest seven days in the calendar year that was pro wrestling. 
we have had this conversation many a time where when we were growing up, when we were kids, when we were watching the old WWF and WrestleMania, once WrestleMania happened, you were still talking about WrestleMania for a yeah. month or two afterwards. Like, remember what happened at WrestleMania? Now, the second WrestleMania is over, it's over. Done. We're thinking about Monday Night Raw, and we're moving forward. Um, it's one of the things that I despise about the speed of the wrestling business. We don't have a chance to really sit back and take in and enjoy and digest and, and reflect on because we, we got another show coming up. And then right after that show, we got another show. And right after that show, it's time for SmackDown. And, you know, here we go. Let's move. And then these cuts happen. And then this news happens. And the commentary and Pat McAfee. And, like, hey, you want to talk about wrestling? And it, you're right. It, it feels like it was three months ago already. But yeah, lots of news to get into today. Looking forward to talking to Pat McAfee at 1030 this morning. Uh, nothing but good stuff. Uh, let me ask you this before before we uh, uh, get off and run it over here. What was Mark's take on the releases? Well, I, I, I business is business and you don't know the full story and a lot of fans that are reporting a lot of dirt sheets that are reporting they don't know all the facts about the people that were released um and he actually alluded to Samoa Joe not really knowing everything but hey Samoa Joe may want to get back in the ring Samoa Joe may not be getting medically cleared by the WWE and if that's something that he wants to do he probably was unhappy and that's something that Mark said that a lot of the talent that was released might have been unhappy and wanted to move on from the WWE. And I think in some of these cases, not all the cases, but in some of these cases, Mark may be right. It sounds like from a lot of reports that Samoa Joe does want to continue uh, to wrestle and you know doesn't want to continue as, as a commentator on Monday Night Raw. Um, Judging from Tucker and what he tweeted out after being released, and he tweeted out freedom, sounds like he was unhappy with where he was in the company and wanted to move on. Now, whether actually, that was when I when I, the, when I when I hear the word freedom, uh, I think that is actually happy. I think he's actually happy because they were doing absolutely nothing with him. He was severely in the shadow of Otis. He, was, he wasn't he was even a second thought. I mean, every once in a while, maybe you saw him in a backstage shot. But I think when you see Tucker tweet out the word freedom, he's actually happy because he wasn't doing a damn thing over there. Yeah, and, and listen, and, and that's what I think Mark was alluding to. It, some of this talent probably was unhappy. Now, was it was was it because of what they did or what the how the company was using them? They wanted out. They wanted to move on. And and bully, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about how WWE talent wasn't letting. I mean, WWE offices weren't letting talent go because hey, AEW's in town now, and they probably wanted to lock up a lot of their talent, whether they were going to be used or not. Not because it was something creatively that they wanted to do with the talent, but to prevent talent from moving on to a different company. Judging from what happened right after WrestleMania last year and what just happened this past week, I don't think that's the case anymore. I mean, giving, you know, you said Mark said, we don't know the whole stories. We got to see, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's some real broad stroke stuff. I get it. But when you look at four of these, when you look at four of these talents, 
we can pretty much assume that most of them got released because they're not doing a damn thing with them. A couple of them got released because they might not see anything in them. In the case of Joe, yeah, maybe those rumors are true, the, uh, the injury stuff and can't get cleared. But when you tell me somebody can't get cleared, the number one name I think of is Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan had the worst of the worst of the worst situations in the WWE because he was suffering from concussion problems. And we know how gun-shy the WWE is about concussion problems these days and concussion protocol. And he went above and beyond the call of duty to get himself cleared. And the WWE finally had to agree with his doctors. I'm sure somehow, some way, whatever Samoa Joe's ailment was, he could have got cleared of. Or maybe it was that they were unhappy that he was getting injured often. And they're hiding behind the whole cleared thing. Because towards the end there, before Joe started on commentary, it was one little nagging injury after the other. And I got to tell you, if a guy like Joe wants to get back in the ring and give it another shot, I'll be damned if I'm not going to give him that one final shot. A guy like Samoa Joe, and let's just say, Dave, they were adamant about not having Joe back in the ring. Let's just say they were like, no, Joe, sorry, we're not taking a risk on you. It, uh, it doesn't matter what happens. Something will eventually happen, and then it's on us, and we're not willing to take that risk. Why don't you leave in the commentary? Was he doing a bad job? Did I miss something? Was I not watching every Monday Night Raw that Samoa Joe was on, lending credibility to in-ring action and doing a phenomenal job at commentary? Did I? W- w- what the hell? I I thought the commentating team on Monday Night Raw was one of the bright spots of the show on a consistent basis, week in and week out. And Samoa Joe was a big reason why that commentating team was as good as it was. Now, to Mark's point about not knowing the whole story, maybe it was a a case of Samoa Joe goes to Vince and goes, I don't want to do commentary anymore. I want to be in the ring. Vince goes, I don't want you in the ring. I want you on commentary. And they can't agree on that. The only thing they can agree on is moving forward, um, but not together. But I can't see Joe, a guy, you know, he, he, you know, he's not a spring chicken anymore. He has a family. I would guess he was being taken care of at commentary. If you take a look at his tweet, his tweet kind of, you know, he, he came out taking a bow and he said, thank you or whatever it was. Um, I, I don't know if this was a shock. I think it was a shock to wrestling fans because of the job that he was doing on a show that airs every Monday night that we struggle to find bright spots in, or we struggle to find the majority of bright spots in, Samoa Joe was a bright spot on commentary. And I will compare Samoa Joe to Taz, because when Taz's in-ring was over, he did a an incredible job at commentary with Michael Cole. And I thought the same thing for Samoa Joe. I thought he was doing a great job. And, and listen... Taz was 15 years ago when there was a certain level of production. Now the production is even even uh, more people in, in, in their ears at that commentary desk. So Joe dealt with everything well, handled everything like a professional. And uh, whatever Joe does, I wish the best for him. Yeah, and he's, the, and he's the biggest and hottest free agent right now in pro wrestling. So July 14th is the date you have to circle because if there is a compete, non-compete clause in the contracts of these released wrestlers, July 14th is the date 
that they would be available to sign on with different companies. So it's going to be interesting to see. And the and to your point, like, and we've seen this over the last couple of years, bully, where the raw commentary team, it's 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 like uh, it's like you know the musical chairs for crying out loud. They keep switching people in and out over the last couple of years. And now there's this Adnan Verk. And I thought he did a decent job this past Monday. And again, you can't really judge somebody on one performance, but that's the thing. You know, I've never seen Adnan Verk do anything WWE related before. I mean, he did some stuff on ESPN. He had a a podcast with Michael Lombardi that was like an NFL podcast, and he does a lot of things in those worlds. But, like, he comes into the WWE, and he has the lead chair on Monday Night Raw. Like, that sounds crazy to me. Somebody who just entered this world is given the lead chair on your your longest-running show in your company's history? I mean, am I missing something here, Bully? Not, I, I don't know who the guy is. I don't know his voice. I could care less about him. And when I say I can care less about him, I'm not talking about as a human being. I'm talking about as a person who has to tell me stories for three hours on Monday Night Raw. I would much prefer to see the Samoa Joes and the Corey Graves and any other talent that has been in the WWE there. You, you, you bring in Adnan Verk and you got rid of a, of a, of a, of a, of a Renee? You know, these are the these are the people that I want to yeah. see at commentary. These are the friendly faces and the friendly voices I want to hear. What did I grow up on, Dave? What did you grow up on? You grew up on the Pat Patterson voice, the Gorilla Monsoon voice, the Bobby uh, Bobby Heenan voice, the Vince McMahon voice, the Randy Savage voice, the Jesse Ventura voice, the Jerry the King Lawler voice, the Jim Ross voice. Do you see the pattern here? Yeah. Of all people in the industry, not people outside of the industry. Having Adnan Verk at the commentary team doesn't want to make me listen anymore to the show. You've taken a show that, in my eyes, struggles at times, and now you've made it even less appealing, at least to me. Going to give the guy a shot, obviously. I'll give him the same shot that we gave Mike Adamley. There you go. Yeah. And Mike Adamley, I mean, that was a guy like I can kind of understand it, Bully. Mike Adamley was doing the Olympics. He was doing NFL broadcasts like in the world of, you know, competitive sport. Mike Adamley was a big name and you bring him in. It brings a little credibility. I, I honestly if somebody that, you know, knows a lot about the, the mainstream sports world. Adnan Verk, a name, but not a name like a Mike Adamley before he before he joined the WWE. And of course, look how that finally worked out at the end. But again, I'm 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 interested. We'll see where it goes. I'll give him an opportunity, but I just find it very, very odd that somebody has never been in this world, comes into this world, and has the lead chair in Monday Night Raw. That sounds crazy to me. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. So you mentioned about what did Mark think about some of the releases. So why don't we go back to what Mark Henry said this past Friday 
in regards to the Iconics being released last Thursday. You know, I, I, I always thought that for your entertainment dollar, uh, it's hard to beat the Iconics. When it came to being in the ring, there was a drop-off. And I, I, I could see Billy Kay getting better over the last year. I hope that uh, both of these guys stay together because Ed made a, a very valid point in the break that they were more valuable together. And I think that if they stick together and show the world that there's improvement as well as you're going to get that high entertainment factor uh, in three months, they could be something really, really special for the wrestling world somewhere. All right. So, so Bully, Mark mentioned about how entertaining they were. I mean, we talked about that before in regards to the WWE. That seems to sometimes be more important than what you can do in the ring, correct? Um, you played about a 60-second clip there in which out of those 60 seconds, it seems like 50 of them were mar- spent on Mark speaking positive of the Iconics, mm-hmm. yes. saying that, yeah, their in-ring is a bit lackluster, needs, needs some work. Said for your entertainment dollar, you can't find anybody more entertaining the Iconics. Last I checked, the just like Edge said in that promo down in NXT, it seems like sometimes the E is the most important thing on the main roster, while the W is the most important thing in NXT. Well, if the E for entertaining is the most important thing on the main roster, why would we not keep two women around that were entertaining as all hell? And oh, by the why by the way they're kind of easy on the eyes too they look good and they make you laugh and billy k maximizes one minute of television time better than any other talent i've ever seen in that company and it wasn't billy who was getting better in the ring it was peyton who was getting better in the ring yes i agree when it comes to professional wrestling the iconics are not having barn burner wrestlemania main event matches that's not what they're here for they're here to entertain us and those girls made us laugh at least they made me laugh and it seems like many fans in the wwe universe were are unhappy to see them go it's like, what are these girls supposed to do? You know what? Any talents in the WWE that come in up through the machine, what are they supposed to do? This is why I am not a fan of talents coming up under the WWE roof from day one, because it can be very detrimental. Don't get me wrong. If you are a Charlotte Flair, a Randy Orton, um, or any other talent that obviously has a name, um, Um, has the upteenth uh, degree uh, of talent in that ring and on that microphone, you're going to survive. But but some of the talents up there that come up and all they know is the WWE, what are they supposed to do? All they know is the WWE way. The WWE brings you up and they say, do things our way, 
Don't do anything out of the box. Don't say anything different. Don't do anything different. Just keep it to what we say. And then you do what they, you're told to do. And then one day you're not there no more. And they've used you up and throw you up, throw you out. And now what? You don't even have your name because you're not going to have the name, the Ico- Iconics. I'm sure I, I, I'm, it, her name is not Peyton Royce and her name is not Billy Kay. So they don't even, they have none of their identity. Dave, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, if you were a talent in the WWE and you got let go, you could always look in the mirror and go, eh, you probably had a lot to do with this too because you couldn't get yourself over or whatever they handed you, you couldn't get over. You had a lot to do with the problem. These days, how much of the problem is really the talent? Because the talent can't just go out there and do their own stuff and get themselves over, thus thus failing when it doesn't. They're just doing what they're told. So the Wesley Blakes and the Bo Dallas and the Mojo Rawleys and the Kalistos and the Tuckers and the Chelsea Greens doing what they're told. Now what the hell are they supposed to do? Yeah, I, I mean, and that's what one thing I want to do is kind of go over these names because you you threw out some names like a Wesley Blake, like obviously I don't even think the name Wesley Blake is even known in WWE circles. He, he was there for just a short time. The Forgotten Sons never really got got to the next level. So Pretty much Wesley, forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, you're absolutely right. But like Bo Dallas. We we're talking about it on Friday. He hasn't been seen on TV in two years. Like that's that's two years of a man's career where you don't have a lot of career to build on in the first place. I mean, your window is kind of small where you can really make a name for yourself. And two years of that, bully, you're on the sideline, never got it, never was able to get in the game. Chelsea Green, I'm I'm guessing go back to Impact. I mean, she was able to do some really good things at Impact. Maybe could go back to Impact and and start from where she was there before going to the WWE. But like a Tucker is the prime example of what you talked about, Bully. You talk about a company guy did everything that they wanted him to do. Was it a storyline with Otis as part of you know heavy machinery that got over? I mean, Otis for God's sakes had the Money in the Bank briefcase. See, and and if you were talking to a WWE person right now, they'd stop you dead in your tracks, and they said they would say no. Heavy machinery was not over. Otis was over. Okay. Well, how long did that last? Because now Otis went from being one of the most popular wrestlers in the WWE to being a heel on SmackDown. No idea why they would do that. My my point of this conversation is it's not about anybody in particular. It's big picture when you're in the WWE now. They bring you in. They cultivate you from day one. And then if things don't go right for you, you have nothing because you were never able to create anything. So when somebody like Mojo Rawley or Tucker, whoever looks in the mirror and goes, where did I go wrong? What is the answer? When when Tucker looks at me and goes, Bubba, what did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. You did everything that you were told exactly the way you were told to do it. 
It's not like 20 years ago if somebody would have came up to me and said, Bubba, what did I do wrong? Well, you know, you uh, you did the promo this way and you said the wrong things or the psychology of that match was off. No, because you had the freedom to do more things back then. You don't have the freedom to do a damn thing now. So you're doing exactly what they're, you're told to do. Thus, they are the reason why you're not getting over. They want to take credit when people do get over, but what about when they don't? Well, we'll see you later. We got to release you. Now, releases happen all the time in pro wrestling, in life. People get fired and released and contracts come to an end. Blah, blah, blah. That comes with the territory. But pro wrestling is unique because every day you're showing up for work and they're giving you a verbatim script of what to do and say. And what happens if things don't work on this verbatim script to do or say? Well, it's not I was our fault. Talk. It's your fault. You know that's what it. That's what it sounds like. Uh, one of the stories I was. Uh, one of those stories Hulk told me the other night when we were having dinner. It was him versus. I don't know if he's ever told the, the the story publicly, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mention who he said he was uh, working with. And the person that he was working with came to him with an entire match laid out already. And the first thing Hulk said to this person is, "What if this doesn't work?" And and that's the truth when it comes to pro wrestling. When you have everything planned out, what if it doesn't work? What if they don't respond the right way? Well, with these talents that have got released, what if it doesn't work? What if everything that we told Tucker to do for two years doesn't work? Well, then we'll just get rid of Tucker. Well, now what does Tucker have? He can't even call himself Tucker. He could say that he's formerly Tucker of the WWE. And yeah, that'll get him about a grand on a signing for the next three months. And then, you know, back to the Iconics. That's a fucking travesty is what it is. Uh, it should have never broke happened. Them up to release. They broke them up to release them. There is nothing you could tell me. Nothing. Unless somebody backstage, and I don't talk to people backstage about stuff like this. I do my own. Th- I use my own brains, my own thinking, come up with my own uh, conclusions. Unless somebody told me that these girls were... Uh, unprofessional or rude or were, weren't uh, handling their social medias the right way, which we all know is BS, that none of this is true. They were consummate professionals. You could see in Peyton's last match. Who was that last match at Peyton? She worked with Oscar. 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 Peyton did so much better in that match than she's done before. We spoke about it on the show. Yeah, it had something to do with Oscar, but it always has something to do with somebody doesn't matter you saw a step forward from Peyton and then we're always talking about Billy Billy just keeps showing the resume and he keeps stealing the scene so what what should we do with these girls uh yeah we'll release them and I don't buy any of this bullshit that I'm hearing out in social media that what what, what would people say in that Kevin Dunn didn't understand Billy Kay or something like that yeah, but, but again, that's like social media chatter. I don't know how accurate that is. So it took Kevin Dunn three years, four years, five years to realize that he didn't understand Billy Kay. has nothing to do with Kevin Dunn. You know what it has to do with? Creative. And their lack thereof. That's like, I, I don't even... 
I, when we come back, you we're up can't against the break. First uh, of all, uh, yeah, fuck the break. You you break up the iconics, and then you can't find something for either one of them. Are you? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you as a creative team? How? It is virtually impossible. I'm done. All right. I, I, you know, we talked about Samoa Joe. We talked about the Iconics. We talked a lot about the names that were released on Thursday. When we come back, Bully, I want to get your take on the biggest of all those names, and that's Mickey James, when Bully and I are back right here on Busted Open. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Mickey James, who I believe is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mickey James, who had a main event match at WrestleMania. Mickey James, that really, when you look at her body of work, not just in the WWE, but in all the world of pro wrestling, is one of the all time great women wrestlers. Is just a name on a list of people who were released this past Thursday. Disrespectful? I mean, your take on what took place on Thursday with Mickey James. I'm not going to look at it as disrespectful because it's just business. No matter whose name we're talking about on this list, it's just business, and it always is. It's not disrespectful. You know what it is? It's stupid. You have an entire roster of women who need help in the ring that need to get better. Not everybody is Sasha, not everybody is Charlotte, not everybody is Asuka or Bailey or Becky or in the future the Biancas or the Rias. We have a slew of women who need to up their game. Unfortunately, Dave, what names do we seem to be talking about every single Tuesday when it comes to their in-ring performance? Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose. Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler. Let's just just take those four names. You're going to tell me that a talent like Mickey James can't help those women in the ring? Can't help them with their work or the psychology? Can't help them, you know, be calm in the ring and have better matches? You can't tell me we can't find somebody to pair with Mickey James? 
and at least do tag matches with. At least you have a veteran in the ring helping them along. A five-time women's champion, however time champion she was, known for known best for her angle and feud with with uh, uh, Trish Stratus doing evolution-esque stuff before the evolution of the WWE was even a thing. And we don't have anything for her. You couldn't even put her on matches on uh, whatever. What's the show they do? Uh, Superstars or Heat or whatever the name of the show is that they that they tape first main event. You couldn't put her on. Ma- you couldn't have her on matches with those girls, making them better. What? I don't get it. I don't. I bully. I don't get it. And and again, you say it's business, and I understand that it's business. But I'm sorry, like there's certain talents that I mean, you got to do a little bit more for. And Mickey James is still doing it at a high level. Is still doing it at a high level. Why would you not use that experience, expertise, and what she's able to do in the ring to help? the Mandy Roses, to help the Dana Brooks, to help the, the Nia Jackson, the Shayna Baszlers. I, I, I really, I re- I'm really at a loss when I see a name like Mickey James on that list. I completely disagree with Samoa Joe being released, Mickey James being released, and the Iconics being released. Those are four names that I can come up with stuff instantly. And not just stuff to get them by, stuff that would get them over and feature them. Stuff that would shine a light on them. Stuff that would make them entertaining. And Lord knows all four of them are entertaining in their own right already. The last thing I'm doing is looking at those names and saying, yeah, creative has nothing for you. Because if creative has nothing for the Iconics, if I'm the boss, I got nothing for creative. You're all fired. It's unbelievable. Especially, Bully, when we're seeing the same match week in and week out when it comes to the women. I mean, how many more times do we have to see the same tag match played out on Monday Night Raw when you had talent there that you could put into the mix? I, 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 don't, I don't get it. But you know what? The wrestling world is better for it because some of those names that we're talking about are going to wind up on Impact or AEW or, you know, maybe Mickey James is with her husband with the NWA. I don't know. She even tweeted out, like, now that she's gone, she's going to be able to do the things that she wasn't able to do. Unfortunately, one of those things is wrestle. <laughs> Think about it. One of those things is actually being in a match and wrestling, bully. Uh, a mother a country singer, a pro wrestler. Gee, there's not enough depth there for us to do something with her. And at the very least, she's she's a consummate professional in the ring who can have a great match with any woman there. For, forget it, I'll take back great match. A good match with anybody there. Because at this point, I'll take a good match every Monday Night Raw. I, and you know, with Joe... I know if Joe does want to wrestle and everything, uh, I know this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but I don't care. I don't want to see Joe. uh, Okay. Everybody wants to see Joe go to AEW, and I get it. Yada, yada. But I am a big believer 
in helping the wrestling industry as a whole and on much bigger levels. Not just about one company or two companies, about all companies. Impact has lucked out because they have this relationship with AEW and the cross promotion and Kenny Omega. AEW obviously doing the business that they're doing, WWE doing their business. A long time ago when the CM Punk name always came up, I said I would want to see CM Punk go back to Ring of Honor because I think CM Punk can do more for Ring of Honor and the wrestling world than anywhere else. Same thing with Joe. Joe is uh, Ring of Honor is where Joe got his start. I'd love to see Joe go back to Ring of Honor. And even if it's for a short period of time and help that company out, give that company a boost. If I'm Ring of Honor, I'm on that phone calling Joe and going, hey, remember us? We got Ring of Honor, who's owned by Sinclair. They have a couple of dollars in their pocket. Whether or not they feel like spending it or not, I have no idea. But if I'm Ring of Honor, I'm making a significant play for Samoa Joe on July 14th. Samoa Joe Roosh? Samoa Joe Roosh? I mean, that sounds like a main event match that's going to bring new eyes to your product. The the story uh, storytelling alone of Samoa Joe and just about anybody Samoa Joe and the Briscoes Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal come you know it, it, it's all there the 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 library is there to tell the stories all I'm saying is I like it when certain talents go back to certain companies because it me it means more for the company. It helps the company out. Let's get it. Let's let's give another company a boost. I'm not saying Joe has to go back there for X amount of years. Six month run. Let's breathe some life into Ring of Honor. Let's help them get let, let's help them get back in the conversation like they were when they were running the garden. With the Iconics, I don't know where they're, I don't know them, I don't know where their head's at, whether they would want to stick together, because if they stick together, they can't call themselves the Iconics. You know, could you call yourselves Billy and Peyton? I don't know, would that piss off the WWE? I don't know. I don't know Billy's real name, but I know Peyton's real name is like Cassie or Casey or something. What what is it, the Casey and... Billy show she's, with Sean, I don't she's know. with Sean Spears, so maybe that helps bringing them into AEW. They're not doing a damn thing with Sean Spears. They're going to do something with his wife? What are, you, what are you talking about? Sean Spears is with MJF in one of the hottest factions in the company. You'll see. You'll okay. see. You'll we got to get into AEW, he's, too. He's been NXT on the freaking back burner forever. Well, I think things are starting to change when it comes to Sean Spears. Okay. But. I, no, he's with a faction with MJF that's on TV every week. Anybody who is in a faction with MJF is fucked. MJF is the star of the show, and that's it. Yeah, they'll do something with the faction. Yeah, they're going to do the blood and guts thing. Yeah, but but Sean Spears, as talented as he is, who should have been pushed a long time ago. He was in a main event uh, story with Cody Rhodes. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. 
Less than two years ago. 877-344-489. That's Less than two years ago. ago. We're talking about how WrestleMania was last week. You said a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Two years ago. What's the time span in Star Wars for a galaxy far, far away? All we do is talk about how Sean Spears should be doing much. 24 months, 30 months. Oh, Billy Kay. Galaxy far, far away, 34 months. You're smarter than that. You're smarter than that. All right. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. Buying a master mechanics tool set usually means high prices, higher interest rates, and who knows how many years of monthly payments. But at GearWrench, we don't believe that your tools should take years and years to pay for. So check out Mega Mod Master Sets, the master mechanics tool sets that deliver pro-quality tools, organized storage solutions, an easy-to-use lifetime warranty, and much, much more. All for thousands less than you'd expect. So don't wait. Explore the sets and check availability now. Only at GearWrench.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.